This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again for another week of technology discussion. And, uh, well, maybe not some technology discussion. You never really know with this programme, do you? I mean, we say it's a tech show, honest, because we every week try and prove that to ourselves. Uh, with me uh, to talk tech this week, it's John Priest. Hello. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? You all right? You're quiet. Yeah, no. You okay? I'm great. i got to say, today it is so incredibly hot, so oh, I do have the fan ridiculous. on. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm actually sat, brace yourself, I'm sat in shorts here. <gasps> it is that warm. Okay, hang on. So I was having a slurp of coffee there at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. Isn't everybody on earth wearing shorts at home these days? I thought that was just the new fashion rule. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not COVID casual. I'm always <laughs> in a suit and tie and everything. Oh, yeah, right. suit yeah, yeah. at all times. Unless, it, oh, yeah, <laughs> only, only for double tap TV features, if I remember rightly. <laughs> Correct. But uh, no, I mean that's the thing. All I've bought in the so since the beginning of the pandemic, since working from home, I've pretty much been wearing shorts and t-shirts the whole time, and barely wearing socks. I actually find socks itch. I tell you what, I find is the future flip flops. I mean, who knew? I, I mm-hmm. just thought they were for you know on holiday, but no, wearing around the house. They are the um, the, the the footwear of the future. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, Adidas. <laughs> Or Nike of uh, of fashion, uh, of which you can tell. And it only costs about two pound or three dollars. I love it. That's the best thing. because you know what's great about you know spending two quid on on flip flops or two sorry dollars. Get that right. See, see, keep well keeping, keeping in. Um, yep. Well, the one good thing that's great about that is it means you can save your money for Apple events. Hey! Apple events. It's finally yes. here. Do you know what it is like Christmas today? Because uh, we've not only got that, we've got news of this Microsoft event as well. So we've got the Apple event on the 14th, and we've got the Microsoft event on uh, the 22nd of September, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, although I will say this. Well, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. This is important. This is important. Well, it's not important, in fairness. But, you know, I'm, I'm just, I just wanted to say it because I'll forget, and that's what always happens. Um, <laughs> I, I've nearly forgotten it there. Uh, yeah, so the week of the 22nd, and clearly Apple and Microsoft have worked this out because I'm on a cruise on the week of the 22nd. So I won't be here. I won't be on the show. So, you know, they, they've clearly got together and said, look, he prefers Apple to Microsoft. We probably should put the Apple event before he goes away, uh, which is why they've done that. So I know it's for me. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, Microsoft, for hanging back just for me. No. That's what I was going to say. See, we, we got all excited and a bit, you know, hey for the Apple event and the Microsoft, Microsoft event. You said, well, that'll be cool. I mean, come yeah. on. give it. It's they're, they're both equal, is what I'm saying. They're not equal. They're nowhere the equal. I mean, look. How are they not equal? Come on. Microsoft is for people who, well, it used to be for people who wore suits. Uh, it used you to know. be. Well yeah, done. Now it's, now it's all just jeans and jumpers, isn't it? And, you know, a smart casual, uh, all that kind of mob. <laughs> It's cool. That's what it is. It is cool. There's, I mean, business. Look, is what Microsoft, I'm trying to say. My, no, it's not business. It's not. Yeah, it's no longer business. Microsoft have got sexy, and the uh, the Surface laptops. I mean, how cool are the Surface laptops? There's rumours that there's going to be a, a new one dropping there, and they're going to call it the uh, Surface Laptop Pro. It's going to have a new design. Ooh. Hey, when my, this is what we talk about. Oh, that's every- going to be so don't, interesting. Don't, wow. don't put it down. No, no. Hang on. This is going to be brilliant, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to get a Surface Pro Pro. Uh, hang on. What? I mean, what, what does that even mean? And what? It's not going to be any more pro than the previous version. It's not going to be cheaper than the previous version. It's going to be aimed at businessmen and women. You know, let's be honest. That's what these things are for. Yes, I mean, I love the Microsoft product. I haven't bought a Surface. I did once. Secondhand, I bought a Microsoft Surface Pro. Oh. I think it was version 6. Yes. And I had it for all of 10 minutes. Because I realised I didn't have an insert key, and I thought, well, what's the point oh, of that? How can I use JAWS? Keys. You're ridiculous. Well, do, well map I it to something else. Do you don't, no. You're stuck. Home buttons and insert keys. You're addicted. 
Oh, no, no, and no. end buttons, insert. Uh, yeah, all these are important. Well, when it comes to the Apple vent, I mean, you know, oh, another iPhone. I mean, you know, you could say that about anything. It's all gradual um, improvements, but when it's a new design, there's something cool about that. It's exciting. That's all I'm saying. It's not going to be a new design. It's going to be the same thing with that terrible thing at the back, that flappy bit at the back of the Surface Pro, that if you forget all about it and you just push up your Microsoft Surface Pro Pro lid, it'll just fall and smash into a thousand bits. <laughs> Bye-bye, money. Bye-bye. <sighs> Wave a goodbye to your money. Well, we'll see. Either way, September events is great. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to love it, right? Let's be honest. We're all going to love it and respect it. We're all going to sit there with popcorn and watch it. Yeah. Like, you know, most people might watch football or uh, hockey. Yes. Uh, quickly thinking of a uh, Canadian Some other sport. sports. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's others. Other sports are available, of which we know nothing about any of them. Um, but no, I, this this is right, rather interesting. So Apple, uh, well, we know the, the event is coming, or it was coming. Um, it was certainly slated to, to be roughly this time. In fact, we, had, we tried to find the clip of the show where we said, because you and I had this discussion and you said it was the 13th. I think I said it was the 14th and you were no, insistent you no, that it was no, going to be see, the 13th. This is, this is why you need the evidence. <laughs> right, next time I'm looking up the evidence. Um, I couldn't find never it believe anyway. anything to you. No, I know, we couldn't find it. I mean, the thing is, we, we don't listen back to these shows. How do we know where, where anything is? Um, but no, it was a case of it must be... Um, it must be the 14th or 15th, right, because of the the usual time. Sorry, 13th or 14th, I should say. Um, Monday or the Tuesday, the 13th, because that's the iPhone 13. I didn't think Apple would be as cheesy as that and instead would go for the 14th, which is what they've done. So basically what I'm saying is I was right. Okay, no, I'll concede that. You were right. I was just being devil's advocate, that's all, because it's usually... I know. A- and in fairness, I got that from every other possible no, rumour website and, and Twitter person it. on earth. No, no, your own look. I mean, prediction. what do I know? Well, well I, I mean, everyone's going off of the usual dates, aren't they? They're going off the usual dates that these things tend to happen, and, and it is around that time. Yeah, but are you going to say next year for the iPhone 14, it's not going to be on the 14th then? Let's do a 12-month <laughs> prediction here. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, it'll be the 15th. Guaranteed it'll be the 15th. It's just delighted to be awkward, Apple. Oh, That's right, the thing. Okay. Well, when's the Tuesday? I always remember. I remember there was a Black Friday sale in what a big store. And, of course, you know, Black Friday is a big deal everywhere now. And it hadn't long come to the UK. And I remember going into the store and uh, the Black Friday events going on and everywhere, you you know, everything's marked down. And there was a big bit of tape around, <laughs> I forget this, big bit of tape around the Apple display in the store. And it just said, Apple will not be taking part in this year's Black Friday. And I thought... <laughs> It's love to be awkward. I, this is kind of why I like Apple so much. I think that's what it is. Yeah, because they remind them of you. Yes, I like to be awkward as well. So this kind of works for me. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into that this week because, yes, there is a lot to talk about, about what the rumours are, not just for Apple, but also for Microsoft. So we'll get into that. I'm also going to talk a bit about the inaccessible internet. I read a rather interesting article. I would say more from a deaf person's perspective than a blind person's perspective. We, we are going to be tweeting it out so you, you can have a read at it yourself. Um, but it does highlight the challenges that many of us, as, uh, especially as blind people, face when it comes to using uh, technology at home um, and especially since the pandemic. You know, one of the things in the article that I picked up on that really kind of um, grabbed my attention was the fact that someone said, you know, as a result of the pandemic, with everything moving online, this person who wrote the article was able to get, not go more, but do more, you know, actually do more, get to more events, things that that person That's couldn't right. have done. Yeah, interact more. Had it not been for the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. But the flip side to that was the challenges of the accessibility and the tech itself. And of course, if you think about age, if you think about ability, if you think about what people have got access to, then, it, you know, add all those other factors to to blindness, it makes it actually quite an inaccessible internet for a lot of people. So we're going to talk a bit about that. Sean's going to disagree. I have no doubt. Absolutely. Um, and also some new updates for the Amazon Echo Sean's going to get into. And um, it's not going to be a huge surprise, guys, for me to tell you that I've been buying again this week. Um, I think some people are maybe feeling they should stage an intervention at this point. Um, too far gone. There's nothing we can do. It is. It's, it's just too late, frankly. There's not much more you can do about it, I'm afraid. It's too late. But, yeah, stick around because we are going to be getting into that, what I've been buying this week. Let's just say accessories. Oh, I love accessories. And uh, also something to uh, to use the accessories on. 
um, which is maybe more to the point, the thing we need to talk about. Uh, we'll get into all that. That's coming up on Double Tap Canada this week. If you love Double Tap Canada, why not check out Double Tap TV with Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. The latest tech news, hands-on reviews, exclusive interviews, accessible to all. Find out more at AMI.ca slash Double Tap. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. It is. And uh, this week uh, we are all excited because Apple have announced their big event uh, that is taking place next week. Uh, The 14th we will, of course, have full coverage on the following Double Tap Canada Sean is uh, excited, I think. I mean, I, know, I never really know where you are in this because I know sometimes you just like to irritate me with your opinions. <laughs> so I never know if I actually believe you I'm or here. not. But I think, I think I'm going to guess that you're probably more excited about that than the Microsoft event. I'm just <gasps> guessing. How dare you, sir? Um, no, true. Look, I, I do love Apple products. So, yes, I, I am more excited. That's fair to say. But I, you know, I'm just saying that Microsoft is still cool and I do like the Microsoft products, but there's less chance of me actually buying anything from there. It doesn't mean they're not cool, though. Well, so, you know, their event's happening 22nd of September, so it's going to be you and Mark that are going to be uh, going through the, uh, the the stories from that event and looking into I am imagining a new updated Surface Pro. Yep. Uh, the Surface, uh, and actually I should say on top of that, the um, Surface laptop as well, but also Windows 11 is going to be launching around about October 5th, or at least it starts rolling out from October yep. 5th. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to wonder how, I wonder how this will work, because there's a lot of blind people out there who are a bit worried about, as is always the case, in fairness, this is nothing new with Windows 11, but you know we often are, tend to be a little bit more hesitant on doing these updates. The problem is nowadays, it's not like the old days when you would go and buy a box uh, and you go to your local Best Buy, you know, and you pick up a copy of Windows 95 and you come home and you install on your computer with the disks provided, right? That's, <sighs> those days have gone. I, I, mean, I must admit, I did like those days, I must say. Yeah. Uh, but you don't get that anymore. And I guess my worry is that computers just start updating. Is that likely to happen? Is that because this, this is kind of the first time we've got this? Windows uh, 7, I guess, moving up to 10 was a bit of a different process. You had to initiate that. How will it work with 11, I wonder? Actually, that's a really good question. I haven't even thought about. But you're right. I mean, this is different. It needs a different level of um, you know, minimum spec hardware. So this can't just be a push through update like every other Windows 10 update. So I'm assuming it would be like when we went from Windows 7 to Windows 8 and you get that nag screen. Yeah, Windows 11 is available. Mm. Um, yeah, that's something I'm, I'm going to look into because I, I don't know, but I would I would hope not. But then again, I've got no concerns when it comes to is this going to make things inaccessible? Uh, I think the current level we're at now with Windows 10, with Edge browser, with the, 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 um, the file explorer and things like that, and the general navigation of the desktop and system tray, I think are going to be absolutely fine. And the start menu is going to be absolutely fine. So I've got no real concerns here. Famous last words. We'll see when it's actually <laughs> rolled out. But That's like any update, isn't it? I mean, in that regard, I mean, it, it, in some respects, Windows 11 is is just a bit of a refresh visually. I know, and I know you're going to write in, and I know you're going to say it's not that; it's a whole new operating system. It actually isn't. It's an upgrade on ten, as far as I'm concerned. It Visually, is. things have changed. There isn't a huge amount of changes. I've been running this now for a while, and yes, the initial developer betas were a bit ropey in places, but actually, overall, the experience, even in the early days, was fine, especially with Narrator, especially with NVDA. Jaws had its issues at the beginning. They they were resolved very quickly. And I think that's partly down to the fact that uh, it was more to do with the mirror driver and probably a bit of work being done in the background there to get that right. But it was in developer beta, so I can't criticise that. Nope. Um, that's exactly what the developer beta is for, is to find these faults so that when it hits and the public get hold of it, that it's going to work for all of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got no concerns, as I said, about Windows 11. I think it'll be absolutely fine. There have been some you know, um, core updates and changes to the, the tech behind it, but all this is behind the scenes and hopefully we're not going to notice. So yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. And as you said, in the Microsoft event, they are going to concentrate on Windows 11 and some of the devices, maybe we'll see some of the um, the improvements made more use of 
in some of these mm. devices, you know, the, the dual screen devices like the Neo, because Windows 11 does have far more um, advanced use of multiple displays. So maybe we'll see some use in there. Still, personally, can't really think why you would need more than one display in a device. But hey, it's the way that's going. So maybe we'll see some improvements there. You know, it's interesting because when you think back, if you were to, to look at the whole world of Apple and the iPhone in reverse, and you started with the App Store, and then you showed people the iPhone, I think people would understand, oh, right, okay, so these two click together. And then if you flip it back the other way and you see the iPhone, you see the potential of development. I don't get any of that with the Surface Duo at all. I don't really understand, and I haven't seen a use case yet, that makes sense to me for anybody to benefit out of this. I just see two screens, and I see one being a keyboard, potentially, one maybe running an app while the other's maybe watching YouTube or one's running Outlook or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I I can sort of get that, and I can totally get it from a business person's point of view, but from a blind point of view, I don't get it. I don't think there's any value for us at all in the Surface Duo. Surface Duo is apparently going to have um, Qualcomm's Snapdragon 888 processor, which I guess is a good one. Uh, 5G support and an NFC chip as well for contactless payments. It's also going to have a better camera, uh, the triple camera system with telephoto, ultra-wide, and standard lenses. Um, so that's interesting, but that's just basically bringing it up to scratch with every other smartphone out there, right? Yeah, that's right, improving the specs to everyone else's. And I, I can actually look, the hardware design of this, it's a bit like the Samsung Galaxy Android phones, right? I mean beautiful hardware and it's the same with that duo the duo 2 um which we're hoping to see as you just said with those specs um it's amazing hardware and actually i think i would prefer the way that microsoft are doing it it's not like with the um galaxy fold or the z flip where it's one screen and they're trying to make it uh you know with that crease in the middle they're trying to make Mm. it flexible screens with the the duo and the neo they're actually two separate screens there is a little bit of a bezel in the middle but i think actually that technology i would prefer you've got two screens with a 360 degree hinge so you can fold it round. you've got a screen on the front just like a normal uh, smartphone and a screen on the back um and you can fold it into any number of funny and funky shapes um but yeah is that okay so we can do that the technology's there but why do we want to do that i just yeah i just don't know i'm not convinced there's a killer application for multiple screens yet I saw one laptop when I was at CES back at the beginning of 2020, and it was a Lenovo, I think it was called the Fold. I think it was, I can't remember. But it was a Lenovo laptop, um, I would say a 13-inch screen, which actually folded in half like a book. And in the Fold, you had a little pop-out keyboard. It was a physical thing, a very thin keyboard that you could just take out, and you could open it up, and you could use the keyboard on the actual glass Or you could open it up and put this little insert on top and then have a physical keyboard. You could then have a very small laptop. Or you could open the whole thing up and put it on a stand and have the little keyboard on the desk. And I thought that, to me, is the best application I've seen because that is so functional. And again, from a blind person's point of view, I maybe wouldn't use the glass touchscreen for typing, but I'd certainly use that physical keyboard. And the fact that it's there really helps you know i love i love that idea of you know like we used to have that remember we used to get smartphones you used to get those little pop down keyboards on the front yes. and then it would expose the whole full screen um, and then when you flipped it back it kind of half the screen and you would only see the bit it was actually quite clever for its time yeah um but that that is probably to me the best way of doing it a, a, a lot of us blind folk and maybe i'm wrong in this please tell me you can feedback we'll give you the details later and you can shout at me on on there but um <laughs> I just wonder if more of us prefer physical keyboards than touch screens for typing, not for use of devices, but for typing. Oh, I, I would think so, definitely. I mean, you know, especially if you're a touch typist, you, you just can't use a touch screen in the same way. You need that physical place to rest on the home keys and you need that physical click. And so I think the, the physical keyboard, and that is a good workaround, that Lenovo Fold, having a physical keyboard that actually sits on top of the screen if you want it to. Yeah, that makes total sense. But also we got to think about it's a, down to the 
app developers as well to make use of this. If you've got software that doesn't care if you've got multiple screens, then they're never really going to take off until that. Yes, there's a right. reason for an application to say, ah, with that, with this extra real estate screen, then we can do something that makes productivity better, or or is just cool. Let's be fair. Um, then um, you know it's, it's just not going to catch on. And I don't think developers are that bothered at the minute. I've posted a link to an article on our social media at Double Tap Canada. You can also find us on Facebook, Double Tap Canada there. And uh, I think you'll find this rather interesting. This is from a deaf perspective, but it's an article all about the, as they call it, the inaccessible internet. And it focuses in, in particular on Americans. There's a quote in here which says, without accessibility, technology simply doesn't work for many people. Now, that is a great summarization of this article, and it goes into great depth and detail uh, as to the challenges that many deaf people have, including the writer of this story. And uh, that is Kamisha Jones, who has written this article. Um, like I said, we've posted to it. Have a read at it and see what you think and, and you know, get your own views on this. But, I, you know, I, don't, I can't speak from a deaf person's perspective and, and nor would I try. But I do think that it does bring up the, the constant challenges that us as blind people also have. And this is not unique to blind people. Um, we talk about it from this perspective because it's what we know. We are blind and visually impaired people, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not going to talk about it from any other perspective. But I'll be honest, I have not gone online half as much or even a quarter as much as I used to when I could see better because I just cannot seem to, A, fully grasp what it is I'm doing online, uh, where I am, what I'm looking at, Hang on. how websites are functioning. I mean, you know, forget, I mean, you know, I, I talk a lot about the Amazon store and how I spent time there, you know, not in person, obviously, or virtually. And I um You would do if there was a physical Amazon. I would store. be there, yeah. I mean if that was if, can you imagine if that was like a Best Buy thing? <laughs> I would never I'd be living there. I'd be buying a house next to that. I'd buy an Amazon house in an Amazon shop. <laughs> next day Amazon house. Walk yeah. in and out. It'd be absolutely brilliant. Do you know the best I have to tell you this quickly. I was on a, on that cruise um a couple of years ago, a good couple of years ago now, and um which could have fed this desire to go back on a cruise, which is what we're doing in a couple of weeks. And um, we had gone on the cruise, and I just loved the fact that I could get out of bed and go shopping. Like, you know, in my pyjamas if I wanted to, because, <laughs> you know, you're just in the ship, right? So it's just like, you know, you just come out your room and you go into the lift and suddenly you're in a, a shopping oh, sorry, mall. Sorry, it no, was you brilliant. Can, you can't go shopping. Yes, you can. Just because you're on a ship doesn't mean that everything, you know, everything's free game here. No, have some dignity, man, walking around I in think, your slippers and dressing gown. I think uh, people just thought, oh, he's blind, it's fine. You leave him. <laughs> he, he, must, he must know what he's doing. Way to um, represent. I know, I know. Maybe not the best example of representation there, but but no, I mean, I haven't. I, I don't. How do you find being online generally? I mean, you've always made the comment that you find the internet reasonably accessible, but are you always on the same sites? Uh, yes. Look, the, the thing is that use of websites, I think, has gone down a lot because of the apps on your smartphone. The use of smartphone mm. has has taken over a lot of things. I barely do emails on my uh, computer, uh, shopping is all done on the iPhone or your smartphone, you know, even general house shopping, I'm not talking just Amazon, whatever I like to buy gadgets, talking the daily food, uh, the weekly food shop is all done via an app on the iPhone. So I think far more um, focus is on smartphones than websites now. And a lot of people have moved totally away from having a website. It used to be that you had to have a website. And I think people are sort of moving away from that. That's almost old-fashioned now. But I've got to say, when I do go on websites, um, I, I find a lot of them are... I, I'm going to say it. I find a lot of them are accessible. I'm sorry, I just do. Now, maybe that well, is just the websites I go to. I, that, when I'm talking about websites on my computer, it's a lot of news websites I go through. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to desperately trying to think what else actually, but mainly it is news websites. And I well, do news websites are because accessible. of the nature. Of, and again, it depends on the website. I think for me, pop-ups. I mean, they've got a sort of this cookie policy thing. I mean, please, somebody, 
give it a rest. Can I, can I not just sign? It's not like just one big agree button somewhere in the world I could just press. Well, that's just a European that's, thing, that's it. though, isn't it? It just so, applies to every website. Is that, but no, but that applies to other countries now. It's now other countries who visit those websites have to accept those oh, do you? as well. Oh, Canadians, do you oh, have so to it's do that the as world, well? It's so, every, every website you go to, do you accept cookies? Yes, but hopefully that's going to disappear. But that's because of Europe, right? Yes. So it's because of what's happened, because of that ruling. No, I'm sorry. I get it, but I, <laughs> but I just think... Come on, there must be another way to do this, you know, just like a global acceptance button, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Just do whatever, right? <laughs> yes. Store the cookies in my jar and I'm happy with that. Yes. Just take away all of my data. I don't care. We're going on to another <laughs> subject here. That's the trouble. Oh, yeah, no. But when it comes down to accessibility, the, the, the trouble is I realise that there's always going to be something I come across and I think, ah, why is this not accessible? You know, maybe software, maybe websites, whatever. But I do feel that accessibility is far more um, known or known about it used to be, I remember talking to companies and asking, you know, well, I can't use this, it's not accessible. And they're not even knowing what accessibility meant. And mm. I find that far less of the issue now. People know what accessibility is. They may not implement it correctly or at all. But at least you can say, you know, this needs to be accessible, right? And you, they know actually what, okay. the, what you mean and what the definition of accessible is. Feedback at ami.ca. <laughs> Call it's eight four four nine seven one one nine 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 if you agree or disagree. The web is fine, says Sean Priest. Okay, I well, hang on, that's a slightly paraphrasing. And uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'll go and move on. Uh, so, uh, just a quick one um, before the break. <laughs> Just a quick one before the break. I wanted to pop in this top tip because uh, someone told me this the other week and uh, it has been an absolute uh, lifesaver for me and time saver, actually, on Outlook. So I use JAWS on the PC and I've got uh, Outlook on there. And if you use Outlook and if you are a JAWS user, if you ever get into an email, we've all had this, where you go into an email and someone's sent you, uh, and there's some, maybe the line on the, the, the message line is something like, see below. And then there's a whole thread of emails that you've got to jump through. And I've said to people, it used to really irritate me when people would do that. I'd always say, why can't you just send me the bit of text you want me to actually read? But of course, for them, it's just easier to forward the whole chain of emails and you know just say, you know, read this at your, at your leisure. So a quick way now to jump through that, and whether this is new or not, I don't know, but it's uh, certainly new to me. Uh, the letter N, once you're in JAWS, once you're in Outlook, if you tap the letter N on your keyboard, it will actually jump you right through all that. So it will take you to the next, essentially end for next, right? The next person or the next part of the chain of emails. What a difference, Sean. What, what does it actually take you to? The from fields or to the actual... It takes you to the from. Yeah, so it takes you to from and then you can arrow from there. And it's actually quite smart because it seems to be able to do it in a way that lets you just get right into the next body of the email, which is, which is really what you want. No, that sounds fantastic. I'd be interested if uh, if there is a NVDA equivalent or maybe even a narrator equivalent, if, ever, if everyone uh, out there can check <laughs> and uh, well, let us know. Actually, yeah, I mean, that's a good point regarding, uh, you know, narrator, actually. That's a really good point because if you think about it, that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely. it's, it's Outlook, working together uh, with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that should be a thing. Well, okay, if anyone knows, you can let us know. I, I will be delving into this, um, actually, for uh, not for next week's episode, but for a couple of episodes' time. I'm going to be getting into some, uh, well, let's just say a, a considerable amount of depth on uh, Windows 11. So uh, Narrator will definitely feature into that. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you more details on that later. Very exciting. I'm actually going to do my homework. First time ever. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. It is Double Tap Canada. It is uh, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. You know, we didn't mention Mark. Mark's not here this week. Can you believe that we didn't? This is <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mark. Into the show. We haven't even mentioned Mark Afalalo. I am so sorry, Mark. Um... I'm not really. Okay. Uh, anyway, moving on. He's just not Amazon here. Echo. He stays exactly. He, he doesn't care. Um, yeah. So Amazon Echo update, Sean. What's been happening? 
Oh, well, you know I love my Amazon Echoes, and there's been a, a few updates recently that are really exciting. The trouble is, whenever you talk about an Amazon Echo feature, it's always, oh, it's only available in this country, or it's only available there. So you need to um, try these and see if they are available. As far as I know, the ones I'm talking about are universal, apart from uh, the first one here, which is the adaptive volume. Ah, now we all know whisper mode, right? Where if you whisper to your uh, lady A, she will whisper back. Great for not waking your partner up at night when you want to know what the time is. But now they have adaptive volume. If you say lady A, you know the word I'm talking about, turn on adaptive volume, then uh, from now on, when you say the wake word, it will listen to the ambient sound around you. So if you've got the vacuum on or there's a lot of shouting and bawling going on, usually in my house, <laughs> yeah, then, to see, uh, <laughs> then my house too. when she responds to you, she will turn up her own volume so she will almost shout back at you. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so now we have whisper mode and we have adaptive volume. Now, they are saying... US only, right? US only, so I'm not sure if that will be available in Canada. It's definitely not here, um, but I, I think it will be coming because if I ask mine, it does say this feature is currently not available try again later. So I think it will be rolling out globally like the whisper mode did as well. But that's a cool little one. But the one I'm most excited about, because I am a sad man, is the <laughs> is an update to routines. Now, for anyone that has oh, the Echo boring. the <laughs> stop it. The Echo Show. Ah, I'm not I'm not the greatest fan of the show. I haven't really found a use for having that screen, uh, that camera. I know we do have the show and tell feature where you can hold a, a product up and ask it, what am I holding in my hand? And it will try and recognize the product. That's quite cool. But in real life use, I put a show in my kitchen. I thought I can just get my, you know, whatever out of the fridge and ask it. It takes so long to tell me that I never use it. I just grab the phone and open up seeing AI. But... Mm. Now, in the update to the routines, when you're creating a routine, you can have various triggers. So you could you know, have a, a phrase so you can ask it to do something and it will start a routine. Or you can use a button or you can have a schedule. But now you can also use the camera on your Echo Show. So if the camera detects someone walking into the room, then run this routine, such as turn on the lights, which is basically it's turning an Echo Show into a motion sensor. It senses when someone enters a room or when there's been no activity in a room. So this is really cool. Um, it's something that means, you know, if you do have an Echo Show, you've got uh, extra functionality there. You don't have to buy extra hardware and a separate motion sensor to trigger a routine. And motion sensor routines actually are, are really useful. As I said, turning on lights and saving electricity, turning off lights when no one's in there. Now, there are a couple of limitations though. Um, because of the camera on the show, it doesn't work well in low light or no light. So, yeah, I'm not sure how well that's going to perform. You, you'll have to try it and see if you're you know, in the middle of the night and it's in the room and you walk in. Is it actually going to see you? Eh, I don't know. But, I mean, it's worth the try. The other limitation is that there is a seven-minute reset on the, um, on the trigger on that. So what that means is that... If it detects a motion or no motion, then it can't detect anything else for seven minutes. So if you oh, walk, good. that's it, helpful. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, seven minutes is seven minutes. If you're talking about a separate, uh, dedicated motion sensor, the Philips Hue motion sensor, the, the reset time is like forty-five seconds, which is far more useful if you're walking in and out of a room. So that. Yeah, I mean, it does have limitations. But then again, you're getting this extra functionality for nothing if you do have the Echo Show. So that is cool. And also, when it comes to routines, and this is something I'm definitely going to use. Currently, say for the central heating, if I want to turn my heating on, I, I have uh, a routine set up that turn the heating on. Also, I have a, exactly the same routine. You can duplicate it, but just add a different trigger phrase, uh, turn heating on. You know, just li leaving out the word the, depending how lazy I am or how I say it. Um, well, now you can add several, and I think actually it is seven, phrases 
to one routine as a trigger. So you can add one phrase, such as turn telly on, um, or you can, then you can then add, add a alternative phrase. So turn the telly on, turn the television on, turn the TV on, turn TV on. So you can add multiple phrases to trigger a routine. Um, Fantastic. I love routines, as you know, and I think these improvements really make a difference. And as far as I know, those two are universal. Um, so, yeah, very, very cool. I love routines and the echo. Uh, you know, you might be uh, swinging me around to this idea of the routines now, because I'll be honest. I mean, I often think, what am I going to do with these routines? You know, I, I'm just not that organized a person to even organize a routine for my Amazon Echo device. Certainly not me. <laughs> but... I kind of like the idea of some of this. I mean, I use motion sensors around the home. That's how my hall lights work. Yep. When we walk into the hall, the lights come on. And, and that's kind of as far as it's gone. I haven't really gone as far as, you know, once I, you know, trip over this trip wire, you know, lights will come on, dogs will bark, <laughs> you know, lights will flash, whatever. You know, I mean, I've never really gone that far because I don't really know what I would do with it. I know people have done it. Um, I remember visiting a friend of mine years ago who had a, a whole thing where as soon as he opened his front door... You know, the TV would go to the right channel, the lighting would come on, the coffee maker would spring into action. And I just think, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not as organised as that. You're more I don't chaotic. have that kind of routine. No, yes, no, exactly. But, but in your case, I mean, it would be perfect, especially as you've now installed the smart roller blinds or whatever it is. You know, you could have something like, you know, I'm going to start recording TV and it would set up the lights for you, turn on the lights, yeah, turn true. on the that's TVs, true. turn on and, and close the blinds, you know. So that's, it's just for setting up various things. It, it does depend. Routines are as useful as how many smart devices actually you've got, I think. But um, it's cool. And there is there is a beta they're testing at the moment for triggering routines from the sounds that it hears. So if it does hear a dog bark, a baby cry or snoring, uh, I think there are others then it, you can use that as a trigger for a routine as well. And, uh, I think <laughs> you can imagine what my wife would do with the snoring one. Exactly right. Start off the... Uh, I don't, yeah, Smart I don't, jackhammer. Who, yes. <laughs> but there's some really interesting things. And I think once they expand on this, you know, they're, they're, Amazon are always talking about the ambient computing where you're not even thinking about it being technology. You're just interacting and things are happening. And I think we are getting closer and closer to that. I think the smart speakers... You know, along with the smartphone, I think they are one of the biggest um, advances in technology. There you go. I've said yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. No, I totally agree. And I think it uh, hasn't happened yet, but I think it will when we see an Echo Pro. And that's Ooh. when things are going to get interesting, when we get into the world of business, because I have no doubt they have designs on that as well, especially in the new in this new world where, you know, I I could not imagine being in an office without my Amazon Echo beside me um, when I'm typing. How do I spell this? Check my calendar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, all these parts of my day, which I just couldn't do without time. I mean, just time. What time is it? And it's funny, the other day I was, I was moving stuff around in my office. <laughs> What's new there? I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, you know, moving stuff around and the echo wasn't plugged in. And I kept saying, what time is it? And I'm going, I don't know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just it. ridiculous. My phone's out the way, so you can't. Uh, it's just, yeah, you, you miss her being around. Um, yes, I have been buying this week. Yes. And um, yes, you have. I bought a couple of things from a company called Satechi. I think that's how you pronounce it. S-A-T-E-C-H-I. They're all over Amazon, but the uh, US-based company who uh, create products for accessories, essentially, for Apple products. Uh, and I bought two things. I bought myself a uh, monitor stand hub for an iMac. Okay, so so got one of those, which was kind of cool. Um, hang, on, and... hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. You're, you're talking about accessories. What are they for? Uh, from for, for the iMac. For the iMac. Yeah. Oh, last oh yes. Time, last time uh, I spoke to you, you didn't have an iMac. I I, I bought an iMac as well. Um, yeah, so I bought the iMac. <laughs> Look, come on, they're so nice. They're so cute. I'll be honest. <sighs> it's it's just a bit. Plastic? No, it's not plastic yet. <gasps> but it just something just doesn't. I don't know. It's too light. I think that's the problem. I expect an iMac to have a bit of weight to it, and it just you know honestly, I could 
I could just bounce it around the desk so easily. I could just slide it around. Like, you know, you know if you're ever in an office on your own and you just sort of play no. around on the chairs. <laughs> I used to do that. You know, just sort of push myself from one desk to the other for a yes, laugh and crash yes. into a desk. Of course. Um, but you could do that with this thing. You could just go from hands, from one hand to one hand, one side to one side. Really? It's just so light. It's so, uh, I mean, it's built to be carried apparently with one finger. Who's going to carry this thing? <laughs> it's, a, it's an iMac. It's supposed to sit still. Uh, so it could have done with a bit more weight. Uh, but one thing it definitely could do with is a bit of height. It's actually quite low compared to the other ones. I remember the 21.5-inch one was kind of similar, but because it had a much thicker bezel, it gave it more sort of, mm, yeah. um, uh, I, I guess, just a bit of fake height, isn't it? It, was, it wasn't really more height. Does it have a stand height, anyway, the iMac? It must have a... Oh, it does. It's got its own stand. You can get it vase mounted as well, so you can you know put it on an arm if you wanted. That would be pretty cool, I think. But yeah. no, this one is, is great. But you can buy... And, and this is the thing, right? When I when I bought it, I thought, I've got to get some accessories, right? There's got to be accessories for this thing. And, of course, there are millions. And, um, you know, this particular company virtually held open the door while I came in and, you know, perused the lot. They held open your wallet is what they did. Uh, well, yeah, they got some of that as well. Uh, but this this is a Type-C aluminium, aluminum, I think you say, uh, monitor stand hub for iMac. So, basically, it's a little stand. Uh, which has got its own built-in hub at the front. So you've got uh, USBs, uh, USB-A, you've got a USB-C port, uh, you've got an SD and a micro SD port and a headphone jack. All that in the front, and then that all comes out the back of its little stand and goes straight into this particular iMac. So the cable's built to go through the loop at the back, little hole at the back and into the iMac, and you can just plug things into the front, and it gives you some height as well. So uh, that's pretty cool. Sounds nice. Um, also, I got the, um, and I think this is something that everybody in their life, uh, at some point in their life, should have, especially if you've got more than one uh, Apple device or any smart device, frankly. Um, this is the Dock 5 charging station. The name might give it away. Yes, you can charge five things at once. Um, you get two USB-Cs with power delivery. You get uh, two USB-As. And you have a wireless charger on the front of it as well. So you can plug in or, or sit down your AirPods if you wanted to. You can charge up two iPads, two iPhones or Android devices as well. Uh, whatever you want, basically, up to five on that device. Um, and what's cool is because you can put in the USBs, and I just buy these little short USBs. I think they're only a couple of, maybe a couple of inches long. They're not very long at all. But they're ideal for this because they just literally you know, plug in and then plug into the device. So you don't have huge amounts of cables lying around. Um, you can have this set up, and then you know that's it. You're you're able to plug anything in from any device, Apple Watch or whatever else. I'm slightly confused though. What's this got to do with the iMac? You said this is an iMac accessory. Or it's just... the same color. Oh, okay. Of course. Sorry. What was I thinking? Yeah. All right. <laughs> then that makes total sense. Yeah. Well, I think I, mean, I I don't need to justify anymore. As far as I'm concerned, I think I've summarized that pretty well. Don't you? Um, <laughs> the one thing though, I can't get is a headphone stand that charges AirPods Max, which I find a bit bizarre. Yes. Why does that not exist? They've been around for how long now has it been? Oh, it's well over a year. Yeah, it's been over 12 months. And usually when something comes out, you know, third party uh, are, are on it. Belkin, Logitech, or somebody will have a, a, a compatible keyboard or charger out there. And for for the, um, what are they called? They're called the AirPod Max, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised by this. It makes me think maybe our Apple... You know, not not allowing it. I don't know why that would be, but um, yeah, a charging stand makes total sense for those. There's only one I've found called the Max Stand, which is a Kickstarter. And I'm always a bit wary of these Kickstarters because <laughs> It'll be ten years. Well, exactly. I mean, it may happen, but when? And by that point, Apple will have brought one out. So you think, well, forget it. But they've come out with one. What you have to do is the little lightning port, because these have lightning ports in them. Um, you uh, put a little tiny dongle into this headphone. Um, well, not headphone jack. It would be the um, lightning port on the the AirPods Max. Yeah, and then you sit it on top of these uh, this little stand that you get, and it kind of just clips on, or just sort of sits nearby, and it's actually a little wireless charging dongle that basically lets you charge it. And then you can also connect a wireless USB-C to charge as well if you want. Not wireless, uh, magnetic yeah, USB-C like to charge as well. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it kind of feels like something Apple should have just done. You know, that that should have been something. But no doubt that'll come in AirPods Max too. 
Um, the <laughs> updated, brighter, much better version. You know, that'll be the, the case there. Uh, look, stick around. Lots more to come on Double Tap Canada. We're going to get into your feedback, and there's lots to talk about there. Stick around. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Now, back to the show. Racing to the end of this week's programme, and uh, we always welcome your feedback. 844-971-1999. Email feedback at ami.ca. And if you do leave us a a voicemail on that number, 844-971-1999, don't forget to let us know that it's okay to uh, leave a... uh, (laughs) It's okay to leave a voice. What am I talking about? (laughs) To use your voicemail on air. It's so warm in this it's room right warm. now. It's, it's fine. ridiculous. <laughs> I can't breathe or think. But mind you, I don't know. I, I feel the same way in winter, so I don't know what that's about. Uh, but anyway, if you leave a voicemail on that number, 844-971-1999, let us know it's okay to use it. We will on air. Uh, we get your emails in all the time as well to feedback at ami.ca. We get tweets as well. We're going to read some of those out today because lots of you have been getting in touch on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Search for Double Tap Canada there. We're at Double Tap Canada on social, on Twitter. Uh, Tom got in touch from Long Island, New York, uh, to say thank you so much for taking my request and creating a great demonstration on setting up and using Apple Pay. Sean did his usual thorough and entertaining creation. Maybe you should uh, utilise a 3D printer and clone, Sean. This way you can increase the amount of demos for Double Tap. Thank you, Tom. Oh, wow. no. well, thank you, Tom. You know, that was missing me, me going out and actually using it in the real world. And that is something I wanted to add, but I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get uh, how to record me doing that. So, um, yes, thank you, Tom. I'm glad you found it useful. Now, he also adds on Twitter uh, to me, he says, hi, Stephen. And this must be uh, relating to a conversation we had last week or week before. I honestly cannot remember. Um, but, but he suggests, <laughs> I've got no brain for it anymore. He says, in the 1980s, there were two popular camcorders. There was the 8mm, which looked like a standard audio cassette. The other was a VHS-C. This looked like an oversized micro cassette, and you needed an adapter to play it in a standard VHS player. Oh, I remember those, uh, those adapters. We talked about this, didn't we? Yeah. I can't remember why. in the previous show. No, I can't remember why either, <laughs> but thank you, Tom, for picking up on that. I'm glad you listen. Uh, Jocelyn on Twitter says, I'm packing up while listening to Double Tap Canada, and I'm thinking, yep, I would definitely watch a convoy of Blind Guy uh, Stephen, uh, that's uh, on my uh, Twitter handle, Blind Guy Tech, and uh, Marco Flalo playing Euro Truck. Um, heck, i join in three blind people driving what could possibly go wrong. Hey, what about me? Am I not allowed? I don't think you weren't mentioned in this. No, I Sorry. wasn't that. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, Get in anyway. touch with Jocelyn and uh, tell her what you think about that. That's, that's shocking. Uh, Marsha Yale on Twitter says, Sorry, uh, Sean, I agree with Stephen. I love my iPhone SE 2020 and its Touch ID. Mm, okay. And we get an email from Rebecca as well who says, I agree Hang with on, Stephen. Hang on, sorry, sorry. Was that, was, was that it? I, let, me just, let me just say, I, I, I wasn't saying that Touch ID was the bad thing. I'm just saying constantly harping on about the home button is the thing. The home button is nothing. Touch ID, I totally understand. Sorry, I'm just, well, anyway. I'm just standing up for myself, clarifying. Rebecca agrees with me. The iPhone SE 2020 is a great device. She says, I love the home button. Ha! No, Why? I just think, do you know what? I, I don't know. Is it a comfort blanket thing for us blind folk? You know, you need a you need a home button. We all need a home button in life. We all need We've a all home. got one. <laughs> we don't we need all need a home, and we need a home button to go with it. This whole just glass screen thing where the button can be anywhere, yeah, it's just not the same. It's, I'm just it's not, nicer. Not it. It's nicer. You, you, it's nicer. Okay, all right, rubbish. fine. fine. Um, also, uh, Rebecca says, I got myself an iPad mini for $281. I like the size. What are your thoughts on using the iPad as a blind person? Oh, well, you see, you walked into this one, didn't you? What, four minutes to go and I get, this is the question I get. (laughs) That's just typical. Well, go for it. You're the one with all the iPads. Well, do you know, I don't know why I bother. I really don't know why I bother. Um, I am not loving the iPad at the moment, especially having played with iOS 15. And I just think if you're using voiceover, just don't bother. There you go. (gasps) Wow. No, don't bother. Get a, get a phone. Honestly, the phone is the best thing you could ever have. The um, and you know whether it's an Android phone or and if it was an Android tablet, I'd say the same thing. Get the phone. Don't deal with the tablet. It's just too much real estate. 
It's I, I cannot, again, it's a bit like the Surface Duo thing. What's the purpose of it? When you can have it all on a phone, it's easy. And, and the layout, I have to say, with iOS is so much better. Um, it's just easier to understand. It's easier to use as long as you're using it in portrait mode. Um, when you get into landscape mode, you're more like you're more into the kind of Apple iPad a, a way of doing things, which I'm not as hmm. keen on. But anyway, um, that's, that's my take on it. No, I totally feel agree. free to disagree. No, no, I actually, for once, I agree with you. Um, uh, unless you've got a use for that. Take bigger... a note of the time, the date. <laughs> if you can use that bigger screen for low vision, when I could actually see an iPad, one time I did have one. I think an iPad three. Um, uh, for things like Netflix and browsing the web where I could zoom in where I needed to or whatever, it was great. But uh, you know what? I, uh, no. from The difference between this and an iPhone, if, from, uh, if, if you're not looking at the screen, I honestly don't see the use for it. Uh, iPod, iPad OS, um, maybe that's got some productivity features that you can make use of, but no, I don't think so. Um, Bronx Bomber 904... And that is the uh, Twitter Why? handle oh. of this uh, person. Scared. Uh, says, I know. Thank you so much, guys, for making the uh, show uh, the Double Tap TV Town Hall episode called Gaming and Accessibility. I have been visually impaired uh, for the past 10 years, and in January I had surgery, which altered my vision a good bit. This video hit home because I am no longer able to play the games I love due to them not being accessible. Mm. Those games being Destiny 2 in Overwatch. I can't tell you how much it hurts and uh, being away from my community as well. If there's any chance that you guys could have uh, someone from the Bungie office come on the show and ask them what their plans would be for the future, that would mean so much. I've had about 14 eye surgeries and through them on the one constant, uh, through them has been the one constant that uh, the relationship I've had with my online friends and other players in the community. Again, thank you so much, guys, and I hope this topic evolves over time. Please keep up the great content. And on the same episode, Rebecca Mouse gets in touch to say, love the name, by the way, uh, says, please do an episode specifically about video games accessible to people with cognitive disability. Uh, but we'll certainly be talking lots more uh, in the next few months about that very topic here on Double Tap Canada and also on Double Tap TV. So just you wait. Uh, Billy on Twitter says, I've just listened to the latest episode of Double Tap Canada and I agree with Greg. Sean's demos are definitely oh. superior to Stevens. He oh. is certainly a master of his craft. Oh. Cheese slices. No. Um, <laughs> I have to say, couldn't be any more accurate if it tried. Uh, and also he says, uh, priests for prime minister. So uh, there you go. Oh, well done, Billy. Thank you. I couldn't agree more. Uh, well, there's a surprise. Uh, there you go. That's it for our show this week. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Thank you for writing in, emailing in, and, of course, tweeting and leaving those voicemails as well. Keep them coming. You can uh, drop us a message to feedback at ami.ca. You can call 844-971-1999. We'll be talking all about Apple next week. We'll be going through all the news from the event. So stick around for that here on the podcast and also on AMI-audio. And, of course, we'll have Mark Aflalo back with us as well to decode all of the news as it comes in. Sean Priest, thank you. Thank you. And from me, bye. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at DoubleTap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.